Well, our names are Teresa and Gumby. Welcome to Escaping Society. We wrote our own song so we wouldn't have to pay for anyone else's copyright infringement. And we live in a van and we eat from the trash. Making this podcast open for cash. You better listen up because we probably won't last. Because we can't compete with nonsense. Hypnotizing nonsense. This is mile marker 119 of Escaping Society. I'm Teresa. I'm Gumby. And I haven't prepared shit for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it just got cloudy. It was a beautiful, sunny, warm day. We just got back from our creek and bathing in the cold water. But it's warming up. It's February or February. Hmm, I like February better. Yeah, the brew. Yeah, it's like Wednesday. Yes. And, uh, oh, I finally finished a project, probably the first one since Gumby's known me. Um, I made a mortar and pestle. Oh, Teresa's on fire. Yeah. She looks like she might finish her chair today, too. Maybe, uh, constructing a bushcraft chair. But, yeah, yesterday I had, um, I had to grind up some whole bean coffee because we were running out of the already ground up stuff. And part of the reason I had made the mortar and pestle was for um, grinding up acorn nut meat, but uh, I'm glad I didn't ever get to do that because it might have imparted some sort of bad taste and or effect on our body to the coffee. So, yeah, now my mortar and pestle is all worked in with some good-smelling coffee beans. And the coffee tasted pretty good, too. Didn't have any uh, weird aftertaste of cedar. So I'm proud of that. And my chair. Chair needs some work, but it's getting there. What about you, Gumby? Well, I'm kind of tired at the moment, but it's a good tired. We've been busy the last few days with uh, stuff I really like to be busy with, really uh, productive with skills and stuff. So, yeah, that mortar and pestle, that was the first thing. I mean, I uh, I pick on Teresa quite a bit because a low, long five years ago, when I first met Teresa at a basket uh, making class that she attended, um, she never did finish her basket. And so, like, that began a long line of skills that Teresa would pick up, play with a little bit, and not finish. But this mortar and pestle is, like, the first thing. Is that right? That is, like, the first thing you finished, right? I mean, you've been making fun of me for five years, so I think, yeah, probably. Well, I'm never going to finish with that, but that's a whole different <laughs> thing. I guess we could include grass mats. I guess you finished some grass mat, grass match. Some grass match, yes. Yes, I'm Sean Connery. I finished some grass match. Sure. We haven't been drinking or smoking. Well, Gumby's had some beer. Yeah. But I haven't. But that's par for the course. Um, but yeah, it's really cool, like seeing you crush up the the coffee beans that we got out of a dumpster, and it was this really good gourmet coffee, and uh, how like it had big cracks in it, this red cedar mortar, the the bowl part, and it just kind of filled in. It got mortared with coffee beans. <laughs> the mortar got mortared. Yeah. So by using it, it like improves, which yeah. is really cool. And uh, how nice, you know? People talk about like 
what is it, brick fired pizza or yeah, stone yeah. ground this or yeah. whatever, you stone know, stone ground to, greens or whatever. To have red cedar, locally sourced mortar and pestle, you know, hand crushed fresh coffee. Um, that's pretty awesome. It just reminds me one of those things of like how lucky we are to live this way. <laughs> um, sitting around a fire, you know, crushing up some coffee beans. Mm-hmm. It's a good life. Um, and while Teresa's been working on her chair and working on the mortar and pestle, um, I found a roadkill squirrel, a second one of the month, and skinned it, stretched the hide. Um, I got them two squirrel hides dried out. Don't know what I'm going to do with them yet. And uh, found a bunch of bones on our walks around here. And so I've been uh, getting into bone tools. You know, I've learned that you can soak them to make them softer. And when you can kind of bend them sort of like a dog toy a little bit, you can take them out and grind them on a stone to get what shapes you want. And uh, it's it's good if you got two different stones, like a rough stone for the um, first shaping and then a fine stone to kind of hone it off. And so, uh, yeah, I've been messing with that. I've started like a bone needle and a bone, possibly an awl. Maybe I'm going to make a bone knife. Um, I got couple scapulas, shoulder blades, and for one of them, I want to make a hide scraper. I think that's so awesome that you can um, use the parts of an animal to actually process the next animal that you get. <laughs> Scapula um, from what animal? I believe that's a deer I'm going to make the... I, th- I think it's a deer scapula. Oh, okay. And uh, I found a... We found some cow bones out in the woods, and so I got this huge cow scapula that I just made this little shovel with. Um, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> and... uh you know, I'm starting a new session with the kids. We've got a Thursday and Friday group that I've mentioned. So for the Thursday group, the theme this month is going to be like wrapping, twisting, and spinning. So how to use a drop spindle to spin fabric that you could later uh, knit or crochet, how to twist plant fibers into cordage, um, how to tie different knots that are really useful. And I'm going to give them the challenge tomorrow, um, show them how to do the double reverse wrap and get them twisting some plant fibers and uh, whoever has the longest cordage by the end of the four-week session gets a prize. And I'm not going to tell them what, but i got a few <laughs> things in mind. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And, Ooh, and, and I made squirrel jerky. Yeah. So that was the other thing that I was doing with the squirrels. I, uh, for the first time, I've been putting that off. Like, eh, I've smoked something once, you know, with a teacher right there to kind of talk me through it. I understand now that that's called... Uh, hot smoking, where you cover it up kind of in a tarp on a tripod, and so it's the, you know, you get the smoke really dense in there. I did cold smoking, where you just kind of have, like, pieces of wood over a fire open to the wind, and you also get the benefit of the sun. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really dried out nicely. Um, we called it, uh, since it looks like squirrel jerky, we're calling it squirky. Squirky. Yeah, squirky. And, uh, it tastes like squam. Squirrel gum. Yeah, squam. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you. <laughs> I'm glad you explained what squam was, because mm-hmm. someone with a dirtier mind than me might have been thinking of something else. Man, this tastes like straight up squam. Mm. Like somebody squammed all over my squace. Um, <laughs> uh, and let's see, the squirrel jerky. Yeah. So when you first, when I first bit into it, I'm expecting it to taste like you know jerky I've had before. So it's kind of like, ah, eh, it doesn't taste too good. But the more I ate it, the more that expectation faded away, and I appreciated it for what it was. I didn't salt it or anything. This is just straight-up dried squirrel. And, uh, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. But it's totally a survival food. It's something you'd eat, you know, when you're kind of on the go, not when you're settled down next to home and hearth when you can make things taste good. But, uh, 
Looking forward to sharing that with the kids, too. Yeah, but like a simple, either a marinade or a, um, a dry rub of spices could improve the flavor for next time. Yeah. Before you smoke it. And I just love the feeling of, uh, you know, Teresa said something yesterday. What was it you said about, like, look around, like, look at, you're kind of bringing our attention to what our little habitat here looked like. Oh, yeah. And it's so nice to just look around and see all these bushcraft chairs, and I've been covering them with grass mats, so they look like big, fluffy thrones that we sit on, and we're working on these skills. We've got squirrel meat drying over the fire, and... You know, a bushcraft table next to us and just working on projects. And it feels really good. It's hard to think about what this side yard looked like before all your bushcraft projects went up. (laughs) Barren. It was hungry for my creativity. Um, But yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I've been pushing forward with the knitting. So got my knitting needles. I started a couple of bamboo making my own needles. Um... To be determined how well that's going to work. It's a good start, though. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, really productive. And, man, I just uh, love keeping my hands busy. And we've been so throwing ourselves into that kind of stuff, which is why we didn't write down anything for this podcast. We usually have some sort of plan, some list we go down, and uh, we're totally on the fly with this one. Yeah. Yeah. So it can't be much worse than usual, considering (laughs) what the lists are like. Well, I just... um... I realized something this morning as we're in our van uh, sipping the coffee that we made yesterday evening for this morning, put it in the thermos, and I'm looking online and, ugh, this gross, nasty feeling came over me as I was on Facebook. Now, I am not always on Facebook. Like, I don't always go on there, but I did post a picture of my mortar and pestle, just because I was like, this is exciting. Oh, and I also wanted a picture of my meal that I made the other day, that curried salmon and chickpea Mm -hmm. thing. So I went on there and uh, I started scrolling and I really, I can fully understand why people aren't on Facebook, although they often are on something else like Twitter, whatever, TikTok. Um, But I made the mistake of commenting on a friend's post and it was about poverty and I was just saying like, well, who decides what poverty means, you know? Is it the person that lives outside and is kind of like Gumby and me? Is it uh, somebody that lives in the city, um, homeless on the streets, but there's like magic in that? Because it's not all bad. I mean, especially when people are really nice to you instead of not nice to you, um, you can find magic anywhere. So are they impoverished? Who's saying what poverty is? And I I took the time to write this response. It wasn't very long, but my friend deleted the post. Like, she deleted her whole post. What a waste of time. I mean, you can't have a conversation with people. Most people are just... They're living by these sound bites, by these memes, and I don't, I don't want to get sucked in. I don't want to be addicted, and I certainly don't want to waste any more time. So Gumby says, just focus. You're focusing on your projects. Do that. Don't do the online stuff. And he's right, and it's just a reminder to anybody out there that feels the same way. Yeah, there are plenty of things probably in all of our lives that we could stand to quit, but I think it's really important to remember to replace it with something. 
somebody once told me nature abhors a vacuum. And I think that's true. Um, something's going to fill that space. And I think it's really important if you're like, man, I just, this is stupid, man. I want to cut this out of my life, that you find something to replace it with, something nourishing. Because if you just cut things out of your life, you end up staring at a wall until you go crazy and you're like, all right, I got to do something. And sometimes <laughs> it might be picking that thing back up or something else, just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've run into that. Like some people, when they get challenged, especially on social media, there's something about, I don't even know. I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't know how people really are in person anymore because I don't really interact with people much. Yeah, exactly. I, I hope they're not as bad as they are on social media because I know on social media, people are fragile as hell. If they get challenged, they will delete a post. I uh, Somebody posted something about um, right-wingers banning books, and so I challenged that. I, mean, I made a comment about, you know, when you look into a lot of this, it's school boards that are choosing a curriculum, and the books aren't banned. They just had to choose one book or the other, and they went this way. Um, I don't see a lot of examples of books outright banned. Like, you can't have this book in this school. Um, so I was challenging that. And this crazy bitch <laughs> was deleting certain comments to keep making it look like she had the last word and oh. and won the argument. It was the cheapest fucking lamest shit. Oh, and I let it get to me for just a minute. You know, it's like, man, you did not like it, you're acting like I was just like, oh, oh, I got nothing to say to that. Gee, she's smart. And uh, then I just had to let it go. It's like, you know, there's nothing I can do about it for one thing. And for another thing, if somebody's going to go to this extreme to try to make it look like they're uh, making a point, maybe they really need that right now. Because yeah. I certainly didn't need the wind. I was able to let that shit go, well, or so I thought, but here I am talking about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And it, it, social media is such an example of people, people. Yeah. I, I mean, Gumby tells me about these these situations that he comes across on social medias. And, uh, I know it's just one, but you don't really necessarily understand until you run into it yourself. And it just like, I don't want to harp on the bad stuff, but really don't have much to say. So, yeah. we got nothing else to talk about. Harp on the bad stuff. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm just saying like, I am sure there are people out there that still have, um, a little bit of their mind working. And yeah, I just, I really ignored a lot of this stuff with memes, memetics, and um, the way that social media has been changing the way people think. And it's not that I'm immune to it. It's just that I've not been uh, examining what's happening. Um, probably because I don't, I don't care. And yet, now that I see the result of it, I'm like, oh, boy, we really took a wrong turn. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, something to uh, consider when you're escaping society. Yeah. Is there any uh, news items that you've read lately that uh, have stood out in your mind that you'd like to talk about? I know uh, every now and then you share it like what you get sucked into is reading these news articles. Um, yeah, there was a, a Guardian, The Guardian. Um, some online kind of magazine news something or another. And this was an opinion piece written by someone who has a name that sounds very Muslim. So I don't know. It could be uh, a person from another part of the world. It could be an American. It could we be a white person. We don't say converted. that anymore, Teresa. What? 
we don't say the uh, the M word. Oh, Muslim? No, they're American challenged. Oh, American challenged. <laughs> well, whoever it was, they had a unique name. And they wrote an article about maybe the people who don't want the COVID vaccine, like maybe they have a point. And it was, it's been brought up now. I've brought it up like two or three times to Gumby. I really should just read it to him. But it stood out to me because there's absolutely nothing new in this article. It's all the same stuff that people who have been saying, like, you know, we've been going too far with the uh, idea that everyone has to get this vaccine. Yeah, I remember uh, one thing, like, when you were telling me about it that impressed me is uh, I think it's easy to forget that not the whole left has completely lost their fucking mind. Um, You know, like, the woke liberals take so much attention that we forget that there are actually, like, people on the left that are still, like, thinking that are actually also looking at some of this woke shit and like that's crazy (laughs) yeah the uh the author of this opinion piece on the guardian did a really good job i think of keeping it fair and balanced um but just it just struck me as so odd that it was like they had to interpret what the people who were not interested in getting the vaccine or not interested in forcing people to get the vaccine are thinking It, it was like they're both speaking the same language, but we need an interpreter. <laughs> and we actually do need an interpreter. Um, I feel like I need an interpreter a lot when I'm trying to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> um, Teresa's trying to multitask. <laughs> Using a multi-tool. Yeah. Did you want to talk more about that uh, article? I don't remember the exact name of it, but it's something fairly recent uh, as of February, like today is the 16th, so sometime around there on The Guardian. You should check it out if you have any interest in uh, wasting like five minutes of your day. Like I said, there's not really anything new, that groundbreaking that this person covered, but I appreciate that they covered it. And right at the end there... Um, the author tied in something about like from a public health perspective or from a like medical bioethical standpoint, um, we may look at this pandemic, like how many people did not get the vaccine as something scary. Um, but ultimately a lot of people did take the shot. So you could also consider it a success. So that was kind of slanted, but everything else was just like, yeah, what about this argument? And I think he even provided links to the sources. So you can't just say sources, like so many people do when they challenge you. Sources, Gumby. <laughs> and the only uh, news item that's really been on my mind lately, uh, we've heard some interviews with some of the leaders of this and everything, is the uh, Canadian Freedom Convoy. Um, still rolling, as far as I know. Um, Soraya Rose from Canada um, contacted me earlier and she asked something about, you know, have I heard the latest news? So I don't know if it's, uh, more of the same holding strong or if, uh, something has happened lately that I'm not aware of yet, because I don't really go looking for the news. I just kind of see what people are talking about on Facebook. And then I listen to podcasts and hear interviews and stuff. But, uh, 
This was an interview of a couple of organizers in the United States who are organizing a freedom convoy. I think they're starting in Tennessee and heading to Washington, D.C., and it's to support the Canadian freedom convoy. So they're trying to do basically the same thing, and they've actually contacted the leaders of the Canadian freedom convoy and have made an alliance with them. Apparently, like, they both have uh, agreed to keep this up until the mandates are lifted. So the Canadian Freedom Convoy, if I remember this right, said something to the effect of even if Canada lifts the mandates, we will come across the border and join the United States Freedom Convoy. (laughs) So that's pretty fucking awesome. Um, I'm always suspicious about news stuff, you know, just knowing how things work, how the media covers things. I mean, I don't know about the event itself. There's so many times that, like, with the hindsight of history, you find out some FBI or CIA operation was behind something, mm. that it was a false flag meant to kind of uh, create whatever event they wanted to for the thing they really wanted to do, get people scared so a bill can get passed, more surveillance, a uh, vaccine, whatever. Um, so I'm skeptical. And then whatever's actually happening, you hear about it through the filter of the news. So I know they're lying bags of shit. <laughs> So, How you know. How do you know that? Where are your sources? <laughs> what news channel told you that the news was full of shit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Fox mm-hmm. News, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's all that. But I don't know. I just feel good about this. I feel like I know a lot of people who have been ticked off about this. I've known truckers. And as I was talking with Teresa, you know, doing some hitchhiking, that's my main getting to know truckers. I've had a couple friends that became truckers. But, um, my window into trucker culture was mainly through hitchhiking. And I've had truckers, like, we've had truckers buy us a pizza when I was hitchhiking on my own. I had truckers, like, lend me a razor to shave and plenty of free showers. Um, Just really kind people, and I feel like they're sort of an alliance between hitchhikers and truckers. (laughs) Truckers want to pick up hitchhikers, quite a few of them. And uh, one of the things that I've heard, you know, taking away truckers' freedom is they're so... Uh, what am I trying to say? Monitored. Monitored, Yeah, Yeah, they're so monitored now that they can't pick up a hitchhiker. They're constantly videotaped. Um, They're already, like we heard so many kind of levels of discontent um, a few years ago when we were hitchhiking. So I can totally buy that they would organize and join something like this Freedom Convoy. So I find it really exciting, especially the alliance, you know, that like these groups are recognizing like, fuck these boundaries, you know, they can quibble over United States and Canada. You and I, we got the same cause. <laughs> so let's work together. Let's make this bigger. And uh, I've heard less details, but I've heard stirrings over there in Europe that something else similar. Oh, yeah. So this is such a fabulous way to protest. I mean, obviously, my favorite way to protest society, no matter what's going on, because society, I think, is intrinsically bad for us, is rewilding. Get the fuck out. Escaping society. Mm -hmm. But if you're not going to do that, you still want to be a part of this, man, this trucker convoy is beautiful. There's like, it's not violent. There's very little vandalism I've heard about. And again, you know, coming through the news, this is where I get out on a limb. I don't know exactly what's going on. Um, These people apparently allegedly flying like Nazi flags, I'm pretty convinced that's the government. That just sounds stupid. I don't see a lot of people like flying a lot of Nazi flags. You know, that's exactly the kind of thing some 
a minority group or if not an individual would do to discredit the whole movement. And of course, the media obediently like, whoa, look at that. Everybody get that footage. Ignoring like the black guy over there smoking a cigarette next to his truck that's like, I'm not a white supremacist. <laughs> I heard there's a video out there. I haven't watched it yet. I want to see it. But there's a like a guy that's um, trying to cover this event in Ottawa. And he's just going to one person of color to another person of color and asking, sir, are you a white supremacist? <laughs> and there's like a guy with a turban and just, you know, I mean, it's not about that. Whether there are a few bad apples, yeah, I would imagine it would be surprise me if there weren't. And anyway, Gumby, don't you know that white supremacists can be of any skin color? They just have to support the systemically racist system and institution of our government. Now, I know that the Wokies think that, but I'm being serious. Can you explain to me how that works? Do you understand that, how a black person can be a black face of white supremacy? No. <laughs> I can't. I'm going to take a stab at it. Tell me if you, this sounds right to you. Uh-oh. Here we go. So, I think they would say since the government is institutionally racist, he has been duped and sold out to a system that serves the white man instead of joining the resistance like that they think they are. Antifa, Black Lives Matter. Um, Voters. At least Democrat. <laughs> at least vote Democrat, for God's sake, if you're not going to do anything else. Uh, yeah. We're against the government, except when we vote. Yeah. But so that would be like, oh, that guy's blackface of white supremacy. I guess so. I mean, I mean, being the devil's advocate, I'm just trying to get in their head. Yeah, but still, um, I I don't know how we got so far away from like what a person who was like a white supremacist, what that used to mean was something really like you didn't want to sit in a room and have a conversation with them if you were black. You know what I mean? Or if you, like, were Greek or something. <laughs> like With who? With a white supremacist. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be in the same room as them. But now it's like, oh, everybody's a white supremacist. So it kind of watered down what it means. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know I lived with a woman who um, actually married a guy. He was a trucker. I think he still is. Um, they're both black. And her husband, new husband, he voted for Trump in that election. Black trucker. Does that make him a white supremacist because he voted for Trump? I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I lived with them, um, and I didn't see any signs of either being a white supremacist. Yeah. Like I've said before, I feel like I'm being repetitive. I think I've said this before, but what really scares me about recent events, current events, isn't so much... I mean, it's scary enough to think that the government would do stuff like this, like that we've seen lately, and would behave the way that it seems to. You need to wake up, Teresa. I'm awake. I'm listening. (laughs) And so that's scary enough, but what's scarier is that people don't call them on it, that people will go along. Mm -hmm. That's the scariest part, seeing your neighbors just... You know, like your your friend on Facebook. Yeah, I mean... I mean, that's somebody you knew in real life, right? Yeah. And just acting like that. Like, I mean... Oh, and something else that was on her Facebook wall, like her all her posts. On one post, it was talking about, like, uh, people 
who are, well, babies who are born are our ancestors returning. And there was this beautiful picture of a, a person, you know, dark-skinned, uh, I guess, indigenous-looking person, all, like, having different paints on their face. Really beautiful picture. But a little further up on her feed, I'm not even sure if it wasn't the same day, it was talking about abortion rights. So I know that it's not either or, but it's just kind of interesting, like, whoa, but the line is drawn. Like, if somebody doesn't want to have an ancestor reborn, like, they can choose that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, to me, it's like, all right, I want to hear, I want I want this person to explain their stance to me, but at the same time, I don't want to waste my time because I don't know if they could. Hmm. Or it's very nuanced. It's complicated. <laughs> you got to do that in the Keanu Reeves voice. It's complicated. Ooh, dramatic pause. Yeah. That was good. That's him forgetting his line. Mm-hmm. Boy, the breeze is picking up. That feels so good. What else do you have? Anything else? No, I don't have a list. Wise? Yeah. I wasn't really paying attention to the news. See, the thing is, one of the reasons why we didn't have a list, like I said earlier, is because we've been busy. And uh, all the things that I kind of on my mind right now are just sort of like, wow, look at those pine trees swaying back and forth. Yeah. You know, like, but how long am I going to talk about pine trees swaying back and forth? That doesn't translate on a podcast. Yeah. Well, so I feel like that's probably, I mean, it's like, I see you looking at the clock. It's like 28 minutes, but I really don't want to waste anybody's time. I'd rather they, like, go outside and look at their own pine trees. <laughs> Hi, Dan. You're the director of this. Go look at your own pine trees. And I got stuff to do, too, like, you know, in real life. So, I've been saving this listener right in for today, right now. Um, I don't know when we got this person wrote in, like, their our first season or something, and I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, but Gumby said it's Tejal. You said it pretty sexily. It looks like Tejal, T-E-J-A-L. Or Tejal would be Tejal. my guess. Tejal, I like that. And Tejal wrote in and said, keep up the good work, and I'm going to try. This episode was not an example of good work, but I'm going to go try and work on some other stuff and finish things outside of the uh, podcast realm. You got anything to say? Nope. All right, then. Um, Listeners, if you want to check out our website, it's escapingsociety.weebly.com, and you can contact us there. We've got a donate button and links to our Facebook and YouTube channels, which... Gumby does the Facebook page, and I don't do crap on the YouTube channel. So, um, but you can check out videos that we've already made. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Kids, so why do you feed it? They'll tell you to stay, but you don't need to heed it. You can give them the finger. There's no time to linger.
soul. Thank you for listening to our song. It's not very good and it went kind of long. Don't care if you like it because we'll be gone over that next horizon. We ain't got no address.